looks like Laura's distracted for her, our intro here. Well, I, I'm still, still trying to figure out the answers. Cause even then, I'm. You know what? That's a point too. This, we always kind of record our intros. I don't know if you guys figured this out by now. After we talk, just to make sure that we actually put everything that we talked about in the intro and it doesn't change. Um, yeah, cause we but kind I'm, of messed up so, that a couple times when we start. Oh yeah. When we start, we'd say, we're going to talk about this, and we go completely off on something else. Um, but I'm like I'm trying to research, and this is actually frustrating me right now, because I'm trying to figure it out so I can find that information that I talked about put listing below. But it's not, like, I can't just pull it up. And this should be something that I should be able just to just pull up like that. Um, it's not easily accessible? It's So far, it's not. And watch, it's just because of the fact that I'm trying to do multiple things at once. It probably is. But right yeah, now it's not. So. <laughs> Anyways, what the reason why we're all here today. Um, so today we're going to be discussing some Medicare, medical rules for PTAs, as well as a new law that the APTA is trying to pass as far as keeping telehealth for Medicare. And we know that whatever Medicare does, everybody else does shortly after. So we'll talk this about the implications, true. what it could mean, ups, the downs, um, and yeah, so let's go ahead and jump right in. Let's go. You're listening to the PT Assistance Podcast with your hosts, Ken. And Laura. Thanks for joining for another exciting episode. All right, guys. So we're going to talk about the new Medicare update in a way. Um, yeah, I think just all past. things Medicare. Yeah, a little bit. We'll touch a little bit more on it. Just kind of things that came up as we were discussing the new um legislation that they're trying to pass right yeah it's, it's, it's passed. proposed um but i feel like if it does pass it could potentially have some pretty good um pretty big uh, ramifications or implications going forward for yeah. like other commercial insurances and because we what all it know means commercial to, loves, the job of a pta yeah commercial loves to follow medicare literally if Medicare says, hey, we're going to do this, commercial likes to follow up with it. Yeah, when we opened up our business, um, well, I guess my bosses, when they opened up their business, <laughs> yeah, you practically I say me because too. I'm there as well. But um, we've been struggling with getting our insurances all lined up in a row, and no one would accept us if we were not accepted by Medicare. Yeah. like That's how much weight Medicare pulls. The standard is just so high of like what they require that they're like, if you can meet Medicare standards, you'll meet our standards. And so we don't even have to look. Yeah, essentially. It. <laughs> like, oh, Medicare approved you? To. Okay, cool. Then, yeah, you should be fine. Yeah. So the thing that we're talking about, this new legislation is officially putting into effect telehealth for Medicare patients to be seen by PTs and PTAs. Um, we all kind of know my feeling on telehealth. I think there's some benefits to it. I do we, Laura? Do we all know your feelings? On well, telehealth? I'm gonna give it, give it anyways again. Um, I think there's benefits to it. I also think there's massive drawbacks to it. Like I don't think you can replace hands on. That's what makes us so skilled. Um, but you know, again, there's some nice points. But I will say, taking away the patient aspect of it. For us, it sounds nice um, because there is a possibility 
that you could do more work from home, more remote work. So if you have kids, you can kind of work around that. You can set up your patients a little bit more on your time schedule. But from my understanding, there's one big drawback with it still that would prevent at least PTAs from doing that. And do you know what that is, Ken? Um, I, I cheated because you already told me the answer. <laughs> but, I mean, I already kind of knew the answer. It was kind of like um, you don't think about it till you're like, oh, yeah, that is a rule. Um, I was actually trying to look it up right now because I don't. I wasn't sure if it is. Maybe you maybe you know the answer. Um, so the biggest drawback is the fact that PTAs need to be directly supervised with Medicare. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't a PTA at the time during COVID when this was already starting to become a thing. Um, Laura was. She saw some telehealth patients, but the rules still apply that a PT had to be on site with her. That's, like she um, wouldn't be able to do the visits from home because yeah. there's no PT there. So that's still my understanding is no matter what, a PT still needs to be on site when you are providing services to a Medicare patient. What Um, I was curious, and I don't know the answer to this. I don't know if you do. um, If this Medicare rule that PTs have to be supervised, is this state or like by every state or national, like the whole nation has to do this? Straight up federal Medicare rule. Okay. It's not like state to state because i know for us we have our 2000 hour rule we can go from on-site to general and the seven yeah seven visits all so that i don't know if up. no medicare like, okay, so, medicare so like, rules usually cross across health? the whole entire thing what about that home health? Sure. can pta see medicare home health patients great question because i've always wondered the same thing because from my understanding at least that and that's how i i understand the telehealth is it falls under the same thing like we have to do in um, uh, outpatient where because it's still like you. So, okay, sorry, let me backtrack to make sure this makes sense. So currently, from my understanding, telehealth kind of falls under the outpatient umbrella of Medicare. So it still follows the outpatient rules of Medicare with it, which for I know for a fact for sure. Because, again, my setting is outpatients. Medicare patients cannot be seen without a PT directly on site. Um, So that doesn't mean they have to be necessarily in the same area, but they need to be technically on site of the where they're getting treated. Um, So, again, my point, because the patients ask me this, and they're like, wait, what? And I go, yeah, I I hate this rule. Um, I'll be completely honest with them. Uh, And the way I explain describe it i go you could have a 10-story hospital the pt could be on the 10th floor all day long and i could be treating patients on the one floor all day long and that counts as on site um and so it's just it's frustrating because with the amount of technology we have we can always get a hold of a pt no matter what and to me i'm like i don't see how any of our treatment changes if they're on site or not on site but again that is uh, one of the things we can't change. And so my understanding telehealth is exactly the same. Um, at least in the outpatient setting on, they have to be on site now for, uh, I've always wondered it. I've never worked home health, so I've never paid that close attention. 
Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I know I'm not it's sure. the same way for like inpatient, skilled inpatient. PT has to be on site for us to see Medicare. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, it's funny because so when I was working at my acute setting, and like I never, I don't think I once checked what insurance the patient has. Right. So I'm not sure Usually if the rules. It's the person. It's the person who makes it. At least I know, like our do just honestly didn't really have PTAs treat Medicare at all. Medicare is just because of the fact that um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, reimbursement. They were prepping for the change in the reimbursement, so they were already changing how they like because it had it was supposed to be in effect at that time, but it got pushed back. Um, so they had already started prepping that to make the most money they were sending the PTs to the Medicare. Yeah, maybe they just but there's always a rule with them like, that they don't do any Medicare. Because I, I, I never once looked at what insurance the patient has. Yeah, um, I will say, though, like, for me, um, the place I did my skilled nursing, like, we had, like, five pts six ptas like it was a huge rehab facility um so like that usually wasn't an issue um but yeah but what else did the article say um it was mainly just kind of what that i think at first it was kind of being um pushed back a little bit kind of thinking that it's not really needed that because the emergency is over, the needed the need for telehealth um, mm-hmm. may be over as well. Or just because the emergency is over doesn't mean telehealth services should be. Like It kind of goes back and forth on whether or not telehealth should be here to stay or it should remain under the emergency type of setting, treatment type of deals. I'm just thinking more... Like you already said, like kind of like long term, I think it would open more doors for PTAs being able to work from home, which is kind of not what this field I think is really intended for. I don't think it's a strict telehealth like, oh, I think we'd be able to get by treating everybody telehealth wise. No matter what, I still think we need clinics in person. Patients still need to come in, be seen, maybe transition more into a telehealth near the end of their treatment, maybe just kind of more maintenance. Like if patients want to check in every one one or two weeks, see how they're doing, maybe more. Oh, can you do telehealth visits for cash-based patients? Yeah. Like you don't even have insurance really yeah. involved. You can't? No, you don't, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. We did cash, uh, we did links all the time for when COVID hit. We did, the first people to go to telehealth for us was links. Maybe we should, now I'm thinking more business standpoint-wise, maybe we should open that as a as an option, telehealth cash pay. Yeah. No, um, really, like, the only rules that go in place, honestly, are just your state rules. At that point, so much of our rules that we have in place are dictated by insurance and not even so much our license of, like, how we can and cannot treat. Again, um, each state is different. Some states, like, freaking, they've got no supervision rules. They don't care. It's just you can treat whatever. 
But again, it then comes down to each of the, the insurance pays. Um, where our state, like we have set different classes of supervision and you have to meet certain requirements before moving on. But yeah. See, and that's what I was wondering. Like those places that have those indirect and general supervisions, like you can see whoever. Like I wasn't mm-hmm. sure if the line was drawn at Medicare. No, well, I don't know. It just, I think, just depends on your state. There are state different rules too. Like, for example, our rule and one of the things that we, I, again, kind of came up with the Medicare situation is um, since recently my PT went on her honeymoon. So she was gone for a couple of weeks and it was just me a couple of the days. And so we could only book two patients per hour for me. We could not book any federal pay or Medicare paid patients because, again, that they couldn't be seen without a PT on site. And so because of that, like, it throws a wrench in your whole whole ordeal because patients are like, well, I don't mind if I'm being seen with other people. And it's like, well, yes, I get like I literally would have to tell patients like, hey, I know you got booked this date, but this has come up because like they book way in advance and things change. And I'm like, unfortunately, I'm the only one here and your insurance states I cannot see you. Um, And then other patients were like, are you sure you can't fit me in that day? I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm completely booked. I go, normally it wouldn't be an issue if someone else was here. I was like, but however, because I'm the only one here, our rules dictate I can only see two people per hour. And um, most of the time I would say patients understand it. Some get a little frustrated with the situation. Um, I always try to find like a convenience of uh, putting them on like a wait list or, um, you know, making sure we get the time they want for their next one or booking them out a little farther in advance. But it, it definitely comes, there's different, like, for example, those are two different reasons why I could not book someone with me um, when I was by myself. One was completely because of insurance and one was another because of completely because of visits. So. I think for what I'm, because I don't have to usually treat without them being there entirely. Um, what we do mainly now and you kind of already touched on it is those reimbursement rates so Mm -hmm. if both of us have an open slot or if their patient cancels they will usually see the medicare patients mainly just to kind of hit that reimbursement rate that they want on top of um, if we do split treatment then you have to start putting those split treatment codes how much of the treatment was designated by the pta and how much was it was the pt that's not as com- I don't know. At least our our uh, billing place doesn't make it as complicated because with ours is it automatically does the billing codes and then when we mark off exercises, it's got the time attached to it and assigns it to that code based off of whoever had the most time with that code. So yeah, I think it's it's like yeah. a threshold. I think if I think thirty yeah, percent like 20, of the treatment twenty or, or something like that. Yeah. If that amount of the treatment was conducted by PTA, then the codes automatically get attached. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so for at least in my situation, what we do is we just have the Medicare's with the PTs. If they have evals or progress notes, sevens, then I'll see them. But yeah, I don't think other than that, it's pretty much all I had for that. Yeah, I was trying to double check the whole medicare supervision and all that kind of stuff um because again i was 
more curious on what the rules were. Because um, I know it also changed, which, like, based off of what part Medicare you have. Honestly, it's a lot of times I just show up, I just do my job. Uh, <laughs> but I'm I do, I do try. Yeah, I do try to um, figure it out um, on what what is needed, what is what is uh, required. So what we'll do is I'll I'm gonna look into it more, guys, um, because I I do know it slightly changes. Um, if you have more experience with Medicare and you've worked with a lot of Medicare before and you get the ins and outs, we'd love. To pick your brain a little bit more, because I think no matter what, it's always confusing. So we'd love to get your opinion on how to give the best treatment, but stay within the rules of Medicare also. Um, so let us know. But I'll also take a look and um, we'll put uh, the requirements down below in the box. Um, and Ken is giving me a weird look of like, we will. And I'll do the looking up. I'll copy I'm and paste it. I'm curious what and, she's going to do. Well, I'm just, I'm literally going to look up and see what what it says, like, supervision-wise for in, out, acute, home um, settings, and just what Medicare supervision is under their guidance. Yeah, I think so. this is, I mean, since we kind of started this podcast, I think it's always a good way to just get information from different fields and We've tried to have a variety of different people on the podcast. We're still trying to aim for more variety as well. Um, but then again, like most of our experience is outpatient. So we can mainly speak on the outpatient behalf of things. So if anybody else is working in a different setting and we get something wrong, it happens. Just let us know like, hey, it's actually this way. And we can always we try to provide and the most accurate information that we can. But we are not above saying everything. we uh we were wrong. Um, again, Lord this might is be, just. But oh, that's dude, a whole I'll say I'm story. wrong. I got. I got. I don't I'm, think I've I'm, ever heard you say those words. <clears throat> well, I don't say them to people. I actually am around. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. The closer you are to me, the li- least likely you are going to hear. But uh, to people listening, I'll, I'll tell them I got something wrong on this. I'll blame no, Ken. Though. That sounds more right. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Um, I know this episode is a little shorter. Um, we just want to touch base. Again, we've been kind of all over the place. We, yeah. again, are huge hockey fans. So we've been watching the playoff hockey. And we're in the finals right now. So that's kind of taking a couple of days from us. And on top of everything else we have going on, it makes it a little hard to find some time to record. So thank you for bearing with us. We have a couple replays up. Uh, be sure to check out our previous episodes once we get caught up we are planning to have more people on with us and do some more interviews uh, like in the join, near future let us know please reach out but until then we shall catch you guys next week all right guys talk to you later the information in this video or podcast is not intended nor implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. All content, including text, graphics, images, and information contained in this video or podcast is for general information purposes only and does not replace your professors or a consultation from your own doctor or healthcare professional.